Welcome to the Real Estate Espresso Podcast, your morning shot of what's new in the world of real estate investing. I'm your host, Victor Manash. This is the weekend edition where we interview notable people from the world of real estate investing. Today's no exception. We have a great guest all the way from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Welcome to the show, Josh McCallan. Well, thank you for having me, Victor. Great to have you back here. You were on the show a few months ago and we were talking about one of your projects, but I thought it would be a lot of fun to just focus on a different side of things. You know, you've got a large family and I've met your lovely wife, Melanie, and and you've got a big family. And so I thought it'd be useful for our listeners to talk about balancing entrepreneurship and balancing family life. I mean, I have a large family. We have five children. You've got way more than that. <laughs> so let's talk about that. Uh, absolutely. My, my lovely wife, Melanie, I'm, how you doing, hon? We, uh, we together are about to have our 10th baby. Of course, she bears all the burdens of having the children. So we have currently nine running around the house and a 10th coming in a few months. That's incredible. It's incredible to me too. I'm one of two. I have one brother. Do you know all their names? Yep. Uh, I, I, here's where it gets good. I could probably even do almost every birthday, but boy, you would, you would watch me searching like word searching for a minute. Wow. Wow. So you're an active business owner, you're a syndicator, you're raising lots of capital for development projects, you're redeveloping and repositioning distressed resorts. These are heavy lifts. These are not just your typical, you know, flipping houses. These are substantial projects with a lot of moving parts. You're involved, your wife is directly hands-on involved. How do you put it all together? First of all, I appreciate you guys asking this question, and your listeners are some of the best in the entire podcast atmosphere. Uh, so thank you guys for taking a minute to, to hear the story. Melanie and I, uh, we have a couple opportunities here. For one, like you, we see it as a business. So we really do put ourselves around great people that help us carry that load. So that I don't want to take away the myth of us being superheroes or anything like that. We, we do have a team, and, and that's really the key. You said it earlier, we look at our we are a business owner, which to me means that you have to rely on your colleagues and we have kind of strong leadership in each part. So we have this operating resort with numerous team members, actually upwards of fifty. Uh, then we have a Viva May management, which is the management company that creates these hotel projects, and that has a small three person staff, includes construction management. And then, of course, accountable equities, really Melanie and I, and a few really important partners like Scott Bindis and Amalia Meadows. And that's where we put our time is working with teams. I love that. I love that. So what's a typical day? I mean, when you get home at the end of the day, do you have any energy left to spend with your kids, with your family? I mean, one of the things that I experienced having a large family is oftentimes we tended to do everything as a group. It was very difficult to carve out one-on-one time with individual children, which quite frankly, they need. And if I was to do it again, I would probably have spent less together time as a group, but more individual time. Wow. Okay. Well, you know, this is good. Here we go. This is the softer side of the Real Estate Espresso podcast. No, Victor, you're right. We ha- as entrepreneurs and as people in real estate, like we are, we have to keep the focus on our family. And the way we do it at home, and that's really the only reason we're here. I remember one time when we've had struggles, you know, I was just worked with Kyle Wilson on a book called Don't Quit. And there was times where we lost it. We lost everything, you know, 10 years ago. And that struggle reminds you, and my wife always used to say, you can be replaced everywhere but here at home in the lives of these children. And that was super consoling at the time when there was just external struggles. And it actually has changed me in a lot of ways. So, um, 
we d- we are not home all the time. So there, that's a first of all, we do not we're not at that stage of our career where I've met people that are like 10, 10 years ahead of me that are slowing down on their work. We're actually ramping up, so we are putting in a, long, a lot of hours. Just to go back to your schedule question, sure. Probably leave around seven thirty in the morning. Probably get home around seven thirty at night, and that includes a lot of driving. So the driving's great for education with podcasts like yours as well as books on Audible. So that's actually wonderful. Phone calls get done. When I get home, I tend to shut off. So by 8 o'clock, it's, you can reach me, but it's really family time. And sadly, my wife will complain that we wish we could get the littles in bed before 8, but uh, we just can't. We do. We actually, um, to be very personal with you, we do a prayer time right when we start the nighttime routine as the whole group. And it's chaos. It doesn't look very prayerful, but it, it centers us for a minute. Uh, gives us about 15 minutes of that, and then we uh, start the routine. And each kid is at a different age. We have almost a 20-year-old lady who, of course, is out of the house, really, with college. And then we have a baby, a two-year-old, two-and-a-half-year-old lady running around. Actually, forgive me, Melanie, she just turned three. I know that. Uh, so Miriam's running around, and boy, is she a handful. And then the middle children are tons of uh, one-on-one with reading. So I'm going to just give you credit. You are right. One-on-one time is vital. Now, the way we're achieving some of that, and again, none of us are perfect, is this reading time where, you know, my son Charlie's 11 years old and he needs great focus on his reading with me. So we do a lot of that. And then some of my children fly through reading, so I get to pop in on two or three at the same time. Um, But you're challenging me to a good, in a good way. There was a tradition we had years ago that slowed down and that was dates. Mm. specifically like coffee dates or hot chocolate dates with the children one-on-one. And that is very hard, but I got to get back to it. I love it. What are weekends like? Okay. (laughs) We should talk business. No, we shouldn't. Uh, No, weekends. Weekends are, all right, now we're really getting personal. The soccer routine is we're a soccer family uh we're we're our team our children are pretty good at it but really it's more of the the activity we all need it in our lives and i've kind of given in on that there are certain times in your life when you just say you don't between us i don't really love it going to the games and losing a day which takes a day with that many children of course but you give in you just say this is my life right now and i'm going to find joy in it so i uh you know i don't use my phone really during that time i try to be focused on them the other ones so a saturday is pretty much gone it's usually soccer and or basketball now uh sunday works out to be pretty free no it just happens to be free right now forgive me in a few weeks it'll be basketball every sunday too so weekends are not the most productive time around my house they're family time well, and that's as it should be. Yep. That's as it should be. I'll tell you what, though, Victor, like you, I love to travel. So before the soccer chaos started, like 12 years ago, we used to call them exploration days. And my son, who was even young at the time, he and I loved Philadelphia history. So we would just drive into the old city and walk. Or we'd drive to an outskirts of the city and find some eclectic old house that we could find on the internet. Those days were my favorite. And they were like, in the car most of the day with the kids stop at a park get some ice cream ice cream is a big big way to get everybody pumped about exploration days so yeah we used to be able to do that i cannot wait for that to come back you know when i was traveling back and forth to japan there was a period of time i was going to tokyo every couple of weeks and i would get up at seven in the morning 12 hours time zone difference i'd be on the phone with my kids seven in the evening helping them with their homework 
And I felt like I was being present. I felt I was doing a great job as a dad. And yet years later heard from them, they felt like I wasn't there. Mm. And it was very hard for me to accept that at that time, even though I felt that I was very engaged and helping them with their homework, that um, the physical presence was super important. Well, I mean, I got to give you a lot of credit, though, sir, because if you're doing that, that hurts a little bit when you find out later that maybe they didn't feel what you thought you were putting into that. Right. This is ironic you're bringing it up because I have a a 14-year-old lady who's fantastic at many, many things, and she and I have always been very close. It's that age where we're not so close anymore, right? mostly just because she's she's now um, basketball again and everything. And I actually asked her the other day because she's a very verbal and I, she'll, she'll answer my questions. Most won't. They'll just kind of zone out. So I say, hey, Maria, um, you know, I have some, we have so many little children right now. Do you remember when you were that age and did, you know, the one-on-one time, the cuddling, the watching shows together, reading together. Do you remember that? Did that work? <laughs> I actually said, did that work? Because I don't, you know, I feel like we do that really well. Like they know they're loved. Yeah. Actually, that's the key. And so Maria said, uh, here's what I remember from being their age, uh, being put on the stairs if I uh, was disruptive and playing outside. I loved that. And I loved this. And she named like three things. I'm like, do you remember all the, it was completely went over it. And it, it, it actually hurt me for a minute. Cause I'm like, darn, I kind of wanted that to, to be memorable for her. But in the end, here's what I'm going to hold on to Victor. And I think you hopefully can do the same. It was a constant pressure of love on them. Mm-hmm. And it is a consistent, constant pressure of love. And there's just no doubt about it. My kids, they know they're loved. They know we're there for them. We challenge them, but they're th- we're there for them, man. So I'm hoping that that is that psychological buoy that keeps them stable through life. You know, maybe they don't feel it, but they, it's, they, don't, they can't sense it, but it is there and they do feel it, I should say. I'm sure most of the folks listening on the show today can relate to this in one form or another. You don't need to have five children or 10. You can have just one or two and experience the exact same challenges. You really can. And so I really want to thank you, Josh, for sharing this, for you know being open, being vulnerable. It's an important topic. It's one that we rarely talk about, especially as entrepreneurs, how to balance this. And there's not a lot of people that you can actually have this conversation with. So if you're listening to this and it's making, if it's striking a chord with you, maybe it's a conversation you have with your partner, with your significant other, or maybe with other friends whom you can have this conversation with. So thank you for this, Josh. Well, thank you, Victor. For the listeners at home, have an awesome rest of your weekend. Go make some great things happen. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.